You're listening to Token Talks, brought to you by Wing Venture Capital. I'm your host, Zach DeWitt. There's a new paradigm for security as well. You come from a centralized model where well, you need to secure the bank, basically, to a decentralized model where well, you need to secure the endpoint. So there's a, there's a massive uh, well, opportunity to design like the new type of security solution for this ecosystem. And now our aim is really like to be like one of the, the biggest brand, the biggest solution uh, to provide the, the security uh, backbone for these, uh, these technologies. Today, we are joined by Thomas France, co-founder of Ledger. Ledger manufactures the most popular hardware wallet in the market, the Ledger Nano S, having sold over 1 million wallets across 65 countries. Our hardware wallet is a special type of cryptocurrency wallet which stores a user's private keys in a secure hardware device. Thus, if managed correctly, there is almost no risk with a hardware wallet of having your cryptocurrencies stolen or having them lost in a hack if your favorite crypto exchange is compromised. Ledger has raised over $85 million and is one of the fastest growing companies in the space. As you think about the spectrum of custody options, it is important to understand how a hardware wallet works and what the security and usability trade-offs are. I personally have secured my crypto assets using the Ledger for the past few years and think you will greatly enjoy today's episode. Please introduce yourself. Hey, so I'm Thomas, Thomas Franz, I'm co-founder of Ledger. And Thomas, what were you doing prior to founding Ledger? So I actually, uh, I think, graduated in 2011. I did uh, just one year of consulting in a consulting firm and then joined my, my co-founder to launch like a price comparison engine uh, in France called uh, Prixing, when it was like a mobile first app to find your local deals and stuff like that. And it was like a payment component to that. Uh, and we sold this company back in 2013. And that's the moment where we started to invest all our time in, in the crypto space. What got you interested in crypto? So I think it was, um, I remember in 2013, and it came through Silk Road. So not that I was uh, buying drugs on Silk Road, but uh, there were more and more press on the, on this uh, marketplace to buy some drugs and people were saying okay we want to shut it down and i was thinking myself so so why don't they shut it down you just have to see the payment service provider and, uh, and go see paypal and it will be done and that's uh when i heard that it was still still on when the, all the government agencies were trying to shut it down i said that there must be something pretty nice behind it and uh and that's when i got to discover like uh, bitcoin and uh, understood that uh, if you couldn't shut it down it must uh, mean that there were some Something pretty interesting behind that. So that's the time we started to get uh, interested about that. So late 2013, uh, Silk Road went down. So I thought it was going to go down as well. And there was this hype and the price uh, going up uh, dramatically. So that was like, the first uh, bubble of 2014. Got very excited about all the ecosystem. And um, that was also uh, uh, concomitant with the time where you, we sold our previous company. So at some time, some energy to focus on something new. And crypto, Bitcoin was obviously to see something worth spending our time on. So that's when I got really excited about that. So for a lot of our veteran crypto community members, they certainly know what a ledger is. But for some of our listeners, and again, remember the point of Token Talks is to bring a broader audience in the crypto ecosystem and help expose them to great early stage projects. So for their benefit, you know, what, what is a ledger and what, are you, what problem are you solving? 
We're solving like a massive big problem, which is the one of securing your Bitcoin and your private keys. So if you don't really know like the model of these, uh, what is it to own like Bitcoin or cryptocurrency? What you actually own is a private key that lets you access your assets on the blockchain. So these private keys, uh, these assets, they act as a bearer bond. So it's basically whoever holds those private keys owns the assets. So it's absolutely important to make sure that these private keys are never compromised. And the best practice in the space, uh, and something that has been done for a long time, it's fairly easy. You just buy like an offline computer, uh, you re remove all the radio components, you boot it, you download like your, your QT client, you, <laughs> you make sure that you generate your keys offline, and then you're safe. Your keys are offline, they never touch the network, and if you want to make a transaction, then you just use this computer, sign it, take the signed transaction online and broadcast it. So that's extremely easy, you can see. So yes, making sure you have a good setup to secure your private keys is something very, very hard. And we bring that process and make it very easy for an average user uh, or even like, well, a power user to be able to securely generate their key offline, to securely manage them offline in a secure environment. So that's what we try to do. We try to make it extremely easy and convenient to have a good security setup for your crypto assets. And the way it actually works, you, first thing you need to do is to buy a little piece of hardware, a ledger wallet, which is a category called hardware wallets, which is basically offline computer. Its sole purpose is to uh, generate and manage your keys in an offline secure environment. Yeah, so for the benefit of our listeners who aren't familiar with Ledger, please walk me through the steps of how it gets set up using my Ledger. If I order it online, it comes in the mail, what do I do? So basically, there's a, there's a first step, which is about generating your key. So it's some kind of your key ceremony process where you're going to initialize, generate your private keys. The steps are fairly easy. You just plug your Ledger, power it up, uh, choose a PIN code, it will then pick you like 24 words, which is your seed phrase, a backup phrase that you have to write down on a piece of paper and then secure. In uh, an event where you lose your ledger or it got destroyed or seized or whatever, uh, with those 24 words, you'll be able to recreate uh, your private keys either on a other ledger or uh, another compatible Bitcoin 9 wallet. And yeah, so that's the first step. You initialize your wallet. You've got your private keys that are uh, on your ledger device. And then you need to, uh, well, plug your ledger on your computer. And it works with a, a variety of different uh, software wallets. So how that we have is the ledger live. On this uh, wallet, you are able to download support for different type of coins on your ledger. And you have got like a very uh, simple interface for you to basically send, receive your transaction and, and see your assets that you have on it. If I'm a new user and I buy one Bitcoin on Coinbase, um, how do I take it off that centralized exchange and move it to my ledger wallet? So basically, you would need to, uh, to go on Ledger Live, generate a receive address. You have the ability to review on the device, on your ledger device, that the address is correct. The paradigm in, in that ecosystem is that the ledger acts as a secure screen where you can review, validate all the critical information uh, that you're about to do. So when you generate your receive address, uh, you can review it on your ledger device, then 
copy and paste it on your Coinbase account. You've verified that it's the correct one. <laughs> you press send from your Coinbase account and then the transaction will be settled on the blockchain and will then appear on your ledger live as the Bitcoin will now be controlled by a private key that is actually sitting on the ledger device. And then, so I set a passcode, I have the 24 seed words that I've written down. And by the way, why is it always 24 seed words? That's a standard to get like a, the maximum entropy and the biggest randomness. So that's, uh, you know, it's unique and just yours. So I write those down. I store them in a safe place. Maybe it's a safe deposit box in a bank. And then if my ledger is ever stolen or tampered with, and if the thief knows my passcode, can they actually access my Bitcoins? So if the thief knows your passcode, which one, the 24 words? The pin code. If he knows the pin code and has your ledger, then you're screwed because uh, he basically has access to a device that lets you <laughs> sign uh, the transaction with all your Bitcoin. So in this case, he would be able to access the money. So ledger in this way gives like a lot of protection if the user loses his passcode and um, the attacker doesn't have the pin code because it has like some protection against like physical tampering and as soon as you put three times a warm passcode, it's going to, uh, well, delete itself and the seed will be wiped out. So it's a good defense in error against that. So talk to me a little bit about the landscape for various wallet options. What's a hot wallet? What's a cold wallet? Hardware wallet? What are the pros and cons for all these options? So I think it's really about like um, the spectrum between like uh, the uh, usability uh, from something that can be like um, pretty usable that sits on your on the web, on your mobile phone, uh, to something that is like um, extremely secure, but uh, that you just cannot have access to. So yeah, there's some good benefits for each of them, depending on your use case. And I would say that the hardware wallet is is a good compromise uh, for all that because you can basically use them like, a, um, like in a fairly easy manner on your website, on the web, on the, on the phone, without compromising on security. So I would say, yeah, hot wallet is anything where your keys are exposed potentially to the network so whether it be like a desktop based wallet um, i would say like in the ethereum space you have the my crypto the my ether and the bitcoin like uh, blockchain and for cold wallets it's really about like having the keys that are never exposed to the network so it's basically going through glacier type of protocol or having like a dedicated offline computer and yeah, the, the hardware wallet after is like read the, having like a, an external device that is solely dedicated to managing your keys. And after you can uh, yeah, integrate it on, on different type of a software wallet where uh, basically the it's not hot wallet anymore in a way that the key management is delegated to the hardware wallet for the actual key signing. Do the secure enclaves in your phone and computer pose an existential threat to Ledger? No, I don't think so. Right now, they are not really like uh, they cannot really be used in the, in an optimal manner in a way that uh, the APIs for the secure enclave on your phone, for example, only allows you to store some data and doesn't allow you to compute some data. So, for example, if you've got like a wallet on your on your iPhone, it means that it's going to retrieve the private keys, sign the, the the transaction, and then store the private keys back on it. So, if you've got a malware that's sitting there you can always have access to steal the private keys. On Android, you're starting to have like trusted UI, uh, but it's still something that is very fragmented. We already have like an implementation of our OS that is running on the Trust Zone, uh, Trustonic TEE, uh, just that uh, it's pretty well fragmented and, 
and uh, so it's hard to to have like some wide uh, distribution of that and again what we've seen is that yeah we just had like a couple of hundreds of downloads of these uh, trustlets and for different reasons people like it's harder to deploy them and also that people conceptually would rather prefer to have their keys that are is not somewhere on an hardware that is running like uh, Android or like different type of apps. So if you want the, the lower the surface attack, you want to have like uh, the most possible dedicated hardware, hardware that is solely used to manage your private keys. And it's something important for people to actually materialize their coins. That's something that we've seen in the 2017 craze as well, is that having an actual device helps people materialize where their coins. It's something that is uh, in the blockchain. Uh, they don't really understand where, where the private keys. Having a physical device is something actually very important and very helpful for people to materialize their coins. Can you tell our users about how some of your Ledger Power users are using nail polish to protect their keys further? I think it's mostly like a, in, a, in a supply chain process where uh, to make sure that uh, that the device has not been tampered with. Uh, well, you can just like uh, put like a little drop of nail polish, take a high resolution photo, and you know that uh, um, the bubbles and all that is so, uh, the bubbles inside the, the drop are so random that uh, it's impossible to recreate. So it's a little way to have like a, a temper, let's say evident ways to check that nobody has tampered with your device. Yeah, there's some pretty interesting blogs online just about all of the extreme ways you can protect your crypto assets. And there's a lot involving the nail polish use case. So you have you guys have had a very busy past couple months um, introducing some new product lines. I would love for you to talk a little bit about Ledger Live and also about Ledger Vault. So our mission is really like to provide like a, a secure solution for the ecosystem and secure and easy to use a solution for that ecosystem. So the Ledger Live is uh, our software wallet, which is our, our main interface for our retail users to to be uh, uh, using their and managing their crypto assets. So historically, we had like some Chrome application for Bitcoin and Ethereum and really wanted to have like a better experience to manage the all your crypto assets in a very uh, well easy and friendly way ledger live is really the revamp of that software wallet it's really like day and night in terms of ui in terms of ux you're able to import uh, multiple accounts for multiple cryptocurrencies at the offline mode we also start to introduce uh, ways to uh, buy, sell, and also like trade some crypto through third-party application. So um, it was very well received. And we're still hiring up uh, the bugs and making some uh, continuous improvement. But that's a product that we launched in in July, uh, if I recall correctly. That has yeah had a, a good success among our user base. Um, the other one you mentioned is around the, the ledger vault. So uh, uh, historically, we have been uh, designing our products. Uh, we design products for people who need to secure private keys. And for a long time, it was for for retail users who, for some reason, wanted to be their own bank and they needed to have the right security setup to be their own bank and managing their keys. And back in 2017, we started to have a lot of interest from uh, 
uh, hedge funds, institutions, family offices that were basically using some ledger, ledger devices, Ledger Nano S, uh, with multi-six setup to secure like tens of millions of dollars, and they were starting to to be a bit uh, afraid of having that much money on <laughs> on these ledger devices, and wanted to have like a, a more enterprise-oriented type of product. So the Ledger Vault is really an enterprise-grade cold storage solution where you are able to generate your key securely through a uh, processes to generate these keys involving ledger devices and HSM. And you're also able to create different accounts for all the cryptocurrencies that we support. And for each account that you create, you're able to build some governance policies, some spending policies, depending on your needs. So let's say you're in an institution that want to have like immediate access to your fund. You might want to design a solution where you're going to make like a two or five uh, multi-authorization scheme and then having a time locking of uh, 30 minutes. But for somebody who doesn't want to have uh, want to have more protection, you might want to make a three or five or five or five with uh, two hours of uh, 24 hours time locking. So you're really able to design any type of policy depending on your business needs. So this product um, has been under development for close to, to a year and we're starting to uh, release it. Uh, we've got 22 early access partners and uh, we are on track to have like general availability of the solution uh, by the end of the year. And how would the Ledger Vault product compete or interact with, for example, Coinbase Custody? The Ledger uh, Vault is really for, for people who want to uh, manage their own keys. So it's non-custodial. Uh, so I guess some people either realize that they can own their keys so they will want to own their keys or uh, also because it supports a variety of assets uh, that are not necessarily supported on the other crypto custodians. So I think it's really like complementary products uh, for either because complementary because a, a lot of assets are not supported also because, well, it's non-custodial and people would rather have their keys and also because you, you, some people want to have like immediate accessibility so uh, with a ledger vault you are able to design the type of policies that suits your need and it's not necessarily waiting for 72 hours and making a video call or some stuff like that so you can you can yeah, design uh, some more flexible rules that might fit your, your specific business needs for some of our newer listeners can you describe how the private key system works within for example bitcoin Basically, a private key is your your identity on the blockchain. You've got this public key, private key cryptography, so you are able to uh, share something public that nobody can get the money from, and you would need to have a private key to be able to to access the information that is on this actual uh, public key. So you use the private key in order to prove the ownership of the public key. So uh, you can uh, state a message to somebody saying, okay, look at this public key here. I, I prove you that uh, I am the owner of that public key. And that's when ap what happens in a Bitcoin transaction. You kind of say, hi, uh, the owner of this uh, private key attached uh, to this uh, public key. I'm going to sign uh, the transaction and prove to my peers that I am the owner and that I can sign this transaction. In spending time on your website, Ledger supports over 100 cryptocurrencies. What is the process for supporting and adding new currencies? It's very easy. So the, the solution, we've got SDK and some APIs for any developers 
of any crypto projects to add support for Ledger within their, their currency. So in order to do so, it's really about like um, developing a specific application for your Ledger Nano S. It takes like a couple of weeks to develop. We just review it and publish it in a couple of time. So it can be either very easy to add support for it. So for example, you just uh, fork, uh, it's a fork, standard fork of Bitcoin, and then uh, you just a question of a few minutes. Or after it can be more complex if the type of cryptography is more like exotic or the type of functionalities are more exotic. So I would think of uh, some other project like Tezos, Cosmos, these kind of, of projects where uh, it takes more time to to develop uh, support for these cr- cryptocurrencies, but once again, uh, it's a process that is open that anybody can uh, submit an application that we will then just review and submit on the ledger manager for our users to to download. What types of customers are using Ledger, and how has this changed and evolved over time? So uh, I think at the, at the very beginning, uh, it was uh, um, well, very Bitcoin oriented. So that was uh, the company was founded in 2014. So I think until 2016, it was like we actually only supported Bitcoin. And it's only in, in 2016 when we added support like for uh, uh, Litecoin, Ethereum, ERC20, all these. So it shifted uh, as the crypto uh, market shifted for, like from a, a single crypto to multiple crypto. Our users uh, evolve in in the same way, I would say. We don't have much data and we don't want to have too much data on our users. So it's hard to portray and get some demographics on our users. But from the feedback that we have and the discussion that we have, I would say that there's uh, some power users that uh, have multiple uh, crypto and have been there for a long time. But I think like uh, there's a lot of people that came in uh, last year and that's actually now the majority of, of our users. And it's really like some crypto investors, some people who went to the space for X or Y reason, and they just started to learn about what it meant to own some cryptocurrencies and started to realize that you need to own your keys. And now you own your keys, you need to have them offline. What's a good solution to have them offline? Hardware wallet, what do I get? I get the ledger. So I guess it's this type of people who made like the extra step on understanding what it means to have some crypto that got on our, on our products. In terms of geographies, that's some uh, information that we have. We we saw, I think, a third in the US, a third in Europe, and third in Asia. So it's pretty well spread all across the world. And it's not just one country in particular. So how does Ledger differentiate itself from other wallets as the crypto markets become more popular, do more competition in the wallet space? So we talked about there's different types of wallets. You know, how do you guys stay ahead of the competition? I would say that uh, we generally look at the hardware wallets as a wallet that can also be integrated like in a lot of applications. So we don't see like other other wallets too much as competitors. The market is growing. Uh, a lot of wallets have their specificities that they will do in a, in a better way than us. So we try to really focus on making like a very good experience to just like store, manage your assets and good, nice use, usability and, and very good security. After we, we see like other wallets that are specialized on some, uh, for example, in Ethereum space as a, uh, not that much of a competitor, but more of a partner. So my Ether wallet and my crypto have been like kind of pivotal in the Ethereum craze last year. They are way better than us at managing these stacks and we kind of work with them to make sure that uh, the private key uh, management could be delegated to a ledger. 
and same thing like there's a, a lot of other specific wallets that uh, that have their own specificities with whom we can integrate and make sure that we the key management can be done on the ledger and what's ledger's business model obviously you're adding different products like ledger live and ledger vault you have the core hardware wallets but how do you you know how do you think about your business model today and how do you see it evolving the business model is very simple in a way that we sell a product, we make a margin and that it gives us the ability to operate the company. On the, on the legible side, it's a bit different in a way that it's more of a, a SaaS type model with some monthly subscription. And, uh, and yeah, so our business model is a one-time cost for end users, retail. And after we've got some uh, people that are on our interfaces uh, that are using this in a quasi-banking type of, of situation where we'll have some opportunities to provide them with service that can be monetized. So integration with exchanges to swap, to buy crypto could be uh, some of them. What are the near-term priorities for Ledger? So as I said, we were trying to provide the best security solution for the ecosystem. On the user side, it's really about uh, continuing being at the forefront of that making the, the solution the most trusted one and easy to use in the space. Um, so we're continuing improving the interface. Uh, on the security side, we're engaging a lot of efforts in, in the certification aspect to gain more trustworthiness from uh, certification as well. The ecosystem and the community side, we're making sure that we we are engaged uh, with the right type of projects to make sure that we're integrated uh, very early on in the new type of, uh, of uh, ecosystem that require Ledger. So these are some of our priorities. Also very focused on, on making sure that uh, the Ledger Live, uh, the Ledger Vault is deployed correctly with our early partners and that we are able to launch like the, the general availability of the solution by the end of the year. So these are some of our focus today. It's hard to put a size around this given how early we are in crypto, but how big of a market opportunity do you think this is? I think personally that it's huge and, and that we're just at the very, very beginning of a broader movement. And there's a, a real uh, paradigm shift in a way. Uh, well, trust is redesigned, is, is rethought. There's a new paradigm for security as well. You come from a centralized model where well, you need to secure the bank basically to a decentralized model where well you need to secure the endpoint so there's a there's a massive uh, well opportunity to design like the new type of security solution for this ecosystem and our our aim is really like to be like one of the the biggest brand the biggest solution uh, to provide the the security uh, backbone for these uh, these technologies so obviously in November through December of 2017, there was millions of new retail speculators that came into the space. Did you guys see the same pickup in your numbers in terms of those retail investors wanting to secure their crypto assets using a hardware wallet? Or did a lot of those speculative investors want to just keep their crypto on an exchange? Obviously, like like the entire ecosystem, we experienced like some... Uh extreme month back in uh, in well, last year in November, December, January, uh, with some extreme dem demands for our products. Clearly, we saw like a, a lot of people that got into the space, but also like uh, wanted to have like a good security setup to make sure that the coins that were buying, they were quite expensive at the time, <laughs> uh, that they were stored um, in a safe way. So, so clearly we saw like a, a huge interest in ledger products at that time. 
In my former life as an app developer, it was pretty interesting to see your app being used in the wild. And, you know, with a Ledger product, people are obviously keeping their ledgers very safe, so you won't see it in the wild. But, you know, you came close to that this morning as you were meeting me to film this podcast, record this podcast, you saw your Ledger featured in the storefront below. Maybe you could talk a little about that and how neat of an experience that must be. Yeah, definitely. So it's a concept store called Beta. There's a bunch of them uh, all over the US and uh, in the prime location in Ace Valley in San Francisco. You've got your ledger that is uh, that is featured on that. Uh, so it's kind of nice to see the products out there. Um, and but I guess really like um, there was really uh, crypto became a, a thing like and there was this hype in 2017 and I think Ledger was one of the iconic products. There's not a lot of hardware products in that space and Ledger is one of them and I guess uh, uh, it gained like a lot of um, notoriety uh, just not in the crypto community but for anybody uh, looking at that you kind of associate it with crypto. Yeah, another connection we have, Tim Draper was actually uh, a former investor in my past project, and I know he's a big fan of Ledger. Maybe you could tell us a bit about your fundraising, uh, you know, past fundraising and, and maybe future plans. The company was launched in 2014. Uh, it was uh, harder at the time to raise some money. So we, I think we raised a seed round of 1.3 million euros in uh, late 20, uh, early 2015. Uh, give us like enough runway to, to work on the initial version of the product. The Legend Nano uh, went to the, the new version, the current one that you had, the Legend Nano S. We raised in early 2017 our A round of uh, 8 million euros and raised uh, early 2018 uh, another round, our B round, that was uh, led by a syndicate of uh, different rapper entities, Esprit, uh, Dragon, Associate, Boost VC, as well with uh, Firstmark and, uh, and some uh, other French uh, Asian funds. And we raised uh, 75 million euros to uh, fuel the growth and to continue the expansion and get the, the right partners on board to build Ledger. How do you think about customer service with Ledger and some new features you could add to better protect users' keys, to better protect uh, or prevent against tampering? In a decentralized world, how important is customer service at this part of the stack? It's extremely important in a way that uh, people are, are dealing with their with some financial assets, something that has value with them. So we want to provide a good experience. So so we make sure that uh, that we have the right level of support for our users. Uh, so yeah, in 2017 it was a uh, pretty crazy at the time. So we had to scale fast the operation. Now I think like we've got some extremely good satisfaction rates uh, from our users, and that's something that we aim to do. In terms of providing, like the deliver the promise that we give, we also make sure that our products are safe, uh, <laughs> are secured uh, correctly. Uh, we have like some right type of a, a security attestation mechanism for any user from uh, from the different range from a power users who want to verify everything to a normal user who want to uh, just get like a, a, some automatic. Uh, attestation check uh, so uh, we make sure that uh, that we can uh, provide them with the best possible product and security fast forward 10 years how do you think the storage model changes if at all how, how does it evolve how are people protecting their crypto assets yeah it's hard to to get a, a crystal ball on the, on how it's going to be like in a couple of years i would say that uh, they, there will always be 
a need to have these private keys stored somewhere. So there will be some strategies to have them sharded and cut into pieces in different uh, locations. But at the end of the day, they will still sit somewhere on some hardware somewhere. So to do that, the best way is to have them stored in secured environment, whether it be like uh, smart cards, enclaves. Uh, these are the type of um, of a hardware that are designed to keep secret and manage them in the safest possible way. So in terms of uh, medium uh, where they, they will be, I think it will be a combination of yeah, smart cards, enclave on your phone, uh, secure server, enclaves on your computer, and the keys will be uh, well managed uh, uh, in this way. I also think that uh, yeah, there will be a, a, these keys will need to be managed more and more. Decentralized application uh, might be used <laughs> on, the general, on, the, on the regular basis for asset transfer, well, file storage, whatever computes, whatever decentralized application that might get some traction in the time. Uh, well, you need to manage your keys on the on the daily, weekly basis. So you would need to have those keys sitting somewhere close to you on your computer, on your phone, on your on a server, and you need to have like a, the right type of secure environment to make sure these keys are managed properly. And we want to provide like uh, the ability to leverage these zones to manage these keys. So you're one of the most connected people in crypto. You interact with some of the most important projects on a daily basis, and you touch the part of the stack that's most relevant and pertinent to a lot of users in securing their private keys and managing their crypto assets. So being on the front lines like you are, what are some important trends you're observing in the crypto ecosystem? I think we're like in a bear market and we stay in a bear market for for a couple of time. There was like this craziness last year and now it's great that uh, things are, are getting down and cooling down a little bit. It's a good way to weed off like uh, um, people that are here for the wrong reason. I think that um, I'm very bullish in a way that uh, this exuberance and this uh, 2017 bubble brought a lot of uh, uh, intelligent mind in the space and uh, having a lot of people in the community and brains in the community is something that is uh, very good and for example we came in in, in 2013 after this great bubble in terms of um, of trends i would say that there's a there's a lot of projects that emerge around like uh, scaling around more more uh, privacy oriented coins so and also like a uh, more connection around uh, around crypto Staking is something where I see a lot of developer traction, I would say. Um, there's still some uh, testing to be done uh, out on the wild, and we will see uh, what happens. It's quite pivotal to, to see what will happen in the next six months, but some projects like uh, Tezos or Cosmos uh, will, uh, will hit the market with significant market cap, and it will be interesting to see how it behaves in the market. And uh, yeah, I think these uh, these projects for us are interesting in a way that uh, you will have more and more occasion to manage your private keys, more and more occasion to to lose your keys. So uh, having some tight integration with these projects is is something uh, uh, important for us. And yeah, so uh, I think it's really hard to kind of predict having a crystal ball and see uh, which projects are going to move on. I think really like the, around like uh, scalability, around like good privacy, around connection between blockchain or some, some trends that, uh, that you're having there. The key takeaways from today's episode are one, it is important to understand your self-custody options when it comes to cryptocurrencies and a hardware wallet is a popular option. Two, 
Ledger is the leading hardware wallet that has sold over a million wallets. And three, Ledger has recently launched new product lines, including its consumer Ledger Live product and its more enterprise-focused Ledger Vault product. Thank you for listening to the show. We're trying to make the crypto ecosystem more mainstream and welcoming. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review in iTunes and share this with one person you know who is trying to learn more about crypto technology. You can reach me on Twitter at Zachary DeWitt or email me at Zach at wing.vc.